0: I'm Alan Walker, and in this episode of The People Podcast, I spoke to the wonderful Randy Moore. We pretty much covered everything, chatbots, virtual jobs, AI, machine learning, world peace, you name it, we discussed it. But mostly, building chatbots with personality and virtual jobs. Enjoy! Please take your seats. This evening's performance is about to begin. Hi Randy, how are you? Alan, how are you? Uh, always good, mate. Always good when I hear your friendly um, voice anyway. How's <laughs> <I appreciate laughs> life, life
1: treating you? Uh, you know, I guess uh, if you call it that, it's um, it's interesting, I can say the least. Um, with all the craziness that's going on out there, I think that um, I'm bonding a lot better with the family. and I guess that's a great thing. So uh, you try to take the positives from all this. And I think that that's one of the things that has really been good for us.
0: It's interesting the things that come out of necessity, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either bond better with a family or or be, get have a police running all... door as you're being arrested for <laughs> <to> murder.
1: <laughs> no question.
0: <laughs> so um for those that don't know you, Randy, I've known you for a few years now and um I know I know how you like to be involved in so many interesting things that are really kind of Stretching the boundaries of what people are familiar with in the world of talent acquisition and, and HR. But for those that don't know you, could you give us a quick intro as to who you are and, and what it is you do, and maybe a bit of your background as well, Romney? Oh, geez. Um. Yeah. You know, I. I guess I
1: started out in uh, in the recruitment business uh, years ago at a financial uh, company. I had about four hundred and fifty people uh, reporting in, and I handled sales, compliance, and recruitment. That was sort of my first endeavor into the recruiting world <clears throat> and then about ninety seven I started building my own recruitment firms and built up to a pretty big uh, environment with uh, quite a few recruiters uh, and a pretty good system we had in place, uh, real personal, real you know high touch and then uh, about two thousand and fourteen, I kind of flipped my cap around. And started building artificial intelligence software, machine learning software for the HR tech space, for the recruitment space. And for the last four to five years, I did that. And then finally, now, I'm sort of doing consulting right now, still working with technology, still working with um, HR and uh, talent folks, and uh, just really enjoying uh, having that real close uh, connection with a lot of these clients and and trying to help them solve critical problems with very advanced technology.
0: And uh, whenever we speak, you blow my mind on on what you're working on. And uh, we were you know we were due to record this podcast about fifty three minutes ago, but we spent fifty fifty minutes chatting about what we should be chatting about. And um, and you're you know you're you're an encyclopedia of of knowledge and and um, and experience. But one of the things you mentioned to me was this kind of concept of this next generation of of chatbots or chat assistants, and and how that world is going to change for the better. Yeah, I think like I was
1: mentioning to you, you know, when you see some of the little chatbots, which is important to have because you got to start collecting that data. And, you know, Zendesk says 91% of people would prefer a self-service type model instead of always having to talk to folks in times where you just want to evaluate and, and do stuff. So, you know, it, it's an important thing to have, but I think that they're not very engaging the way that they were built. And I think that now with the newest technology, we, we use dialogue flow, but utilizing an avatar that's like a human and then adding real conversation. And then you can start to really do some miraculous uh, type stuff when you have that more interactive, regular conversation, you start to capture a ton of different data than you would normally capture when I just type in something to the little... Chatbot that's hanging out in the corner. And then it starts to become more about persona. Your employer brand now starts to become a lot more of, again, what we call a persona. For instance, if you're hiring for accountant type people, those users have a different kind of a personality than would be a marketing or sales type person. And now with dialogue flow and these newest technologies, you can really start to add. The persona—are they a little bit geeky for the technology folks? Are they a little... What do you want it to look like? And so, those are the types of technologies that we're building, actually, for the customer directly.
0: And so, Inessa is just saying. So, essence is just saying that I, you can have multiple iterations of a chatbot, each with their own personality and and their way its own way of communicating with the individual that's engaging with it correct because again if you buy some of these uh ones that are off the street which are there's
1: there's some good ones but like whatever the name of it is it wasn't built with your company's employer brand it was built generically for everybody so it doesn't really speak to what you're trying to convey to people so what i do is build a mini mvp which is basically a minimum viable production level you know, bot where you can take control and start to design and build it to fit even more and more into different areas. Because one of them I'm designing is a talent partner assistant that's going to work with the talent partner assistant and the recruiting hiring manager. You'll have a different one that might work in a different area. So all of these are now collecting tons of data, helping you support you in a lot of different ways than it was in the past. And I just feel like coming down the pike, this is going to become a much more prevalent way to approach where you can give a self-service model with an interactive tool that they can really have a conversation with and guide them through the journey much better.
0: Because injecting that personality or that persona into the chatbot sounds like... Sounds like a lot of work for an employer, and I could see why they might want to gravitate towards that off-the-shelf system because it's much, much easier, much quicker to deploy Am I wrong there? Um, to a point, but you still get a very generic
1: piece. And what we do is we actually record uh, practices. Like, in other words, I work with uh, taking a job order with a hiring manager, and we role play. We go back and forth. We record video, record text of all the questions that are commonly used all of the answers that are commonly out there. We go through this four and five and six times over until we really, really start to get all of the intents and expressions that are available to that person. And then you can start to, and it's not that hard. You implement it and then you can push it directly into the application in the workflow that you want to put it into and it takes off. What's actually easier than trying to modify some system that's been pre-built
0: so in essence it it learns from that that work that legwork you've put in correct So it's learning For the audience do you want to explain what an intent is an intent is the question that the
1: actual end user would probably ask okay yeah and an expression is basically the who what when and where in a natural language input of what those questions are. It used to be if, and then, and all the chatbots out there were built to just answer in that direction. If you asked about the weather, they were caught off guard, but like using things like a dialogue flow and these more natural understanding, they can, they don't fall apart at that point. They'll be like, Hey, I didn't really understand that. Can I, can I ask you this? And it'll bring you back to the conversation. So that's how a human conversation takes place. And so it's a lot easier to sort of develop and again, learn against it and, People tend to want to provide more intimate data talking in a casual conversation. So you're all actually capturing a lot more, you know, greater data in any case doing it that way.
0: So that work you do up front in, um, initially gives it that injection of of, of personality through those, yes. those intents, et cetera. Does well, it then once you deploy it? Does, it, does it develop its own personality even further, the more it engages with its, um, with its yes. audience? Yes, and you can also
1: control that. So you as the person behind as the administrator can also kind of control it, but a persona has a couple things involved in it now. You have your core brand attributes, right? it's knowledgeable helpful encouraging all of these things can be the persona right now the functional design you get the data rich recommendations right now the personality you start to build that where it's it's funny it's caring it's geeky and then you have the style so the look the feel all of these things start to be put mm. into play along with you know the actual human conversation that goes into play with
0: that <clears throat> where does where does the um where does the bot in this circumstance get its answers from? So it's sort of like having that, that of conversation and getting the intent from the person who is asking it questions. But where does it get its where does it get its data its information from to respond to that individual? Initially, when it's built,
1: it's coming from the role players, the people that are actually the talent partner, the hiring manager. These are the questions I commonly get. Like when someone asks you about it, like let's say you're working with an external recruiter, what would always be the questions they're going to ask about this? What would the candidate always ask about this? So you preload it with a lot of this. And yes, after that, it starts talking to the actual in candidate. And then as it starts to talk to the in candidate, it grows branches and knowledge and data. And all of that's also transcribed. So you're getting copy of all that data. Imagine it's taking your job order for you but it's also doing the follow-ups with the hiring manager. So now it's seen in all the different details and also all that data is also shared with the talent uh, team. So you're getting all this intimate data of all the follow-ups and all the different things that go on through the interview. And it becomes more humanistic as you approach it as your assistant in this process. And that's one of the things that we've been building for folks at this point.
0: What kind of organizations are are lapping this stuff up? Um, Well,
1: it seems like it's across the board. It's not something that's held back by any type of company. Uh, Right now, we've been mainly working with very large companies because they're still kind of working through these tougher times. But a lot of it seems to be technology companies and companies that are very progressive in the way that they look at things. And so that's sort of been the type because it could be a construction company but they're very they're very uh futuristic in the way that they think right and so you've got to really start to step towards the future because again if 91% of people want sort of a self-service model but they have to have something more immersive the data shows this is a necessary point to push
0: and it's the it's the main benefit that a A, you're responding to that desire for people to have self-service people seem to be um avoiding talking to other humans it's It's and it's more interactive (laughs) than just piping into a little
1: box in a corner too let's be honest
0: yeah and can they literally can they can they speak to it rather than doing typing whatsoever yeah oh you you can speak to it type to it it doesn't matter whichever you choose whichever you prefer because you always see that, um, the example of Google booking a, a, an appointment at a hairdresser, don't we, um, using, and it's not like the same system, of course, but um, it's, we will get to that point where platforms will be that smart. It will feel like having a conversation with somebody. You already You really are. Under your own, uh, dialogue yeah. flow that we use to create the dialogue was, was created by Google.
1: <laughs> so it's going back into the deep mind and back out to you. So in all honesty, it's, it's put on top of a dialogue flow which is what I consider in my book the best uh, conversational uh, tool available. And we, what we do is we created on top of Dialogflow a very simplistic ability to create intents and entities so you don't have to be technical at all. You just tell it, these are my intents, and it magically kind of puts them together. And now you have your initial conversation that you can test and play with until you get it to where you want it to. And then you just push a
0: button and deploy it. How accessible is the stuff for organizations? Because sometimes it can sound a little bit out there and, um, you know, a little bit sci-fi to a certain extent in terms of how advanced we can get with the stuff. But You can get
1: very advanced. I don't think it needs it, to be, does it? It, it? Right now, it just pretty much you can do it. It's very accessible at this point. That's A lot of times people don't push forward with the technology because they would have to reinvent their company to get you there. Hmm and what we're trying to do is this. be like a mini a mini startup inside of your company to make you less dependent on a lot of the vendors to be able to have these tools for yourself
0: so you build it for you using existing technology that's already out there but you build it for yourself and it's right for you as an organization correct yeah and then uh, you can manage the- it you can model it yeah Exactly. Is there, a, is there any concerns there around, you know, a lot, one of the benefits of buying stuff off the shelf, of course, is that it comes packaged with a support team and, mm-hmm. you know, ongoing improvements, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If you build your own, you're also responsible for maintaining your own and looking after it and and all that stuff. Well, what we've usually done is we've supported them until they tell us they don't want us around anymore. No
1: that's really how it works. (laughs) And it doesn't take, you'd be surprised how quickly that comes to term, and not in a bad way. It's just that they're like, you know, they start to realize that if you've designed it right, it's not hard because now you just have to say, Hey, this is my intent. And Hey, these are the, uh, you know, these are the who, what, where's that I want to go. And it'll, it'll automatically, uh, implement this instead of having to be a program and using the dialogue flow. Like we would under the hood, we built it. So it's more, you can voice command, the actual voice conversation. And so that's sort of the next level.
0: Nice, nice. just really interesting. Um, one other thing we talked about offline was this kind of concept that you're working on around virtual jobs. Yes. Tell me more.
1: <clears throat> yeah, this, uh, this fell into my lap when we started to really start to build these uh, avatar uh, conversational uh, bots. Um, I was just talking to a major company And um, they were, because this all kind of went down with the whole uh, COVID, you know, what can we do in the meantime that can keep us going, right? And keep Mm. us moving forward and and a purpose not to be laid off in all honesty. I told them that a lot of people are moving towards video jobs. And it's smart because anything video captures your attention a lot more than a text. Who wants to read a bunch of text, right? But... Again, you know me, I'm I'm a Mr. Futurist. I don't like to sit back on something. And so what I did was I offered them the opportunity to move directly to VR jobs. So in other words, what we're doing now for them is we're creating everything in VR mode. Now, you can still access it as a video, if you will, and it's still text recording it. So you're getting it from all these angles. But what happens is, is now I can go visit your hiring manager that person's been recorded with all of the the job questions, all the data that you would normally have, but now it's interactive. I can transport to the office. I can see the person that I might be working with, the teammates, I can interact with them a little bit with the team and I can walk around the office space. So what I've been doing is providing, what we've been doing is we've been converting their stagnant jobs, even some of their video jobs, And moving it to more of a virtual opportunity where it's now interactive. I mean, how cool is it that you have an avatar you talk to and it says, let me let me you wanted to come check out the office, you know, click the button and move to virtual mode or to 3D mode on your PC. And then all of a sudden it just takes you to the office. And I'd like to talk to the hiring manager about the role. And a higher manager goes, "This is what we're looking for, this is what's exciting about it." Here's one of the teammates to talk about." And it'll answer basic questions, because if you ask in VR, you're, you're, very, you're, li- you're not limited like you are in, in, in video. In VR, you could have things flying around you, whatever you want, right? So yeah. you can start to say, "Here's the kind of projects we work on. Here's the code we work with. Here's the things that we do. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So now we're trying to move you past video jobs, directly into the VR job world, which is where I really believe things are going to go rapidly over the next year. Now that uh, Google Cardboard is literally a couple of bucks on Amazon, you also have now with the advent of 5G, I think that there's going to be a revolution in, as I mentioned, avatar type humans and also the virtual reality. because. Ultimately, I can move you into a complete virtual world now where you can hang out and talk to these people to do interviews. Any of that stuff can be built inside of it. And if you get to that level, just think about it. You now have no limits. You can become whoever you want to be in your existence, right? When Um, people start um, to say, do I identify as a man or woman or mm. whatever? No, I identify as whatever I want in the virtual world.
0: I identify like as a dinosaur with a big purple head. That's maybe the
1: way I would, you know, I could see, I could see big hat, you know, with a really cool idea, you know, someone like that, just really enjoying it. And I think that that's a, uh, where we're going to go with those. But right now we've been converting to virtual jobs. So those have been the two tasks uh, that are, you know, we've been working very heavily on.
0: I think I the think a so I'm a, a massive gamer, um, uh-huh. have been since I was 12 and, um, and now 30 years on, I probably shouldn't be quite as much as I am now. I'm but counting still, your age matter. by the way, but thanks. Yeah, there you go. I love computer games, basically, and I always have done and always will do, I imagine. And having two young boys, you know, it means I can carry on that and introduce them to all the stuff that I I got excited by. So anything like that, VR does excite me, genuinely. I think it's incredible what can be achieved. But VR as a concept has been around for 20 years. Oh, yeah. And um, it doesn't seem to have uh, quite still taken hold as much as it maybe should. But because we are now starting to see consumer-grade equipment that can cost you as little as you say there, you know, with Google uh, Cardboard, a couple of dollars. But even for reasonably powerful systems, you can be paying a couple of hundred dollars, which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things, for some fairly immersive experiences that take you way beyond um, Google Cardboard. So I think that's incredible. I think the bits that need to catch up for me are, A, the, the ideas in terms of how they're executed in vr some of it's still very amateurish some of it's incredible but also things like you mentioned there the 5g bit piece because if you're that's that's the barrier isn't it it's actually things like bandwidth and speed of the internet and things like that that will cause those things to be a a little bit slower because even the most basic vr games for example they they run at you know 20 30 40 50 60 70 gigabytes to have a computer game experience now you don't necessarily need don't deliver that kind of depth for a recruitment experience, but still, if you're doing a virtual tour of an office, me the hiring manager, programming and coding and stuff is flying in left, right, and center. You're getting to a point quite quickly where that's quite a lot of quite a lot of content coming in, so you've got to make sure you can serve up that bandwidth. It's a risk that. It, that makes it less accessible to some people than others. Not both. Both actually two ends oh, there. Yeah, the companies had, okay, developing that VR experience, but actually the individuals at the other end being able to access it and experience that experience. There's no doubt. And, and it's going to, you, you, you know, if
1: I waited all the time. But you've got to start somewhere. <laughs> AI was AI was invented way long time ago, right? And yet the technology was not ready for it until now, right? So the same, but you can't wait or else you're already behind. And so what you do is you offer opportunities where it's still video grade. Worst case scenario, you can see it almost three-dimensional as a 3 D. So even that's cool. But imagine you go to a job fair and you pop on a set of goggles and you go visit the office and meet the hiring manager. Mm, it's a whole. Yeah. It's a game changer. And so yeah. that's what we're doing uh, in, in that category right now. And it's, uh, it's been well receptive. Uh, it, it takes a little more. Uh, you're probably, in essence, talking about, which isn't a totally long time, but you're probably looking at about 16 to 20 weeks to get a MVP. Yeah, and that's the best way to play. It. You get a little MVP, you get a nice MVP that's production, not a prototype, not a a real product that works right. And then you can test it and start to decide what your users are going to like best about it. Make some modifications, a few changes to it, but you're not putting a lot of budget out yet. That's the beauty of it. You know, you're talking. Versus uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you're talking maybe ten to fifty thousand, depending on you know how exotic and, and which way you want to go, and you're
0: up and running. And what kind of employers, for which kind of roles, are getting excited by VR? It's been the technology. It really
1: yeah. has. The, the tech managers are totally into it, but I keep trying to tell them you'd be surprised that you no. Know, everybody's pretty tech savvy. Everybody digs a lot. Most people, not yeah. everybody, but you know, you'd know, you be surprised if some of the people that were in the most mundane jobs were some of those managers are beating me up to get in line so they can do it for theirs because they feel like it's going to give them such an advantage over everybody else just because come check out my virtual jobs and everyone's going to go no. just to go see it.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. And actually, more, more interestingly, you say that, you know, the techies and the coders and all that kind of thing are really excited about it, Mm -hmm. but bringing their jobs to life. Actually, isn't it always that exciting. If you bring to life a a more physical job or a job that involves somebody being in multiple locations mm-hmm. um, and actually moving around a lot more as a nature of their role, that's something that really comes to life in VR and helps with things like selection oh, yeah. or deselection <laughs> and things like that. Imagine like hiring for you know McDonald's for example, and you go, mm-hmm. okay, you can experience half an hour as a, a server in McDonald's. No question. Feel it. What does it feel like? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Talk to teammates, go through the process. It's, it's, you remember in virtual world, you're only limited by your imagination. And that's the beauty of it. And the problem with a lot of people is they've also got to, this is where I, I think I bring in the expertise is how to really analyze a real business use case and mm. take this technology and make it so it's actually something that a user is going to actually use, not just be fancy but actually be used and targeted. And that's why I'm staying very focused into the HR and talent space because that's the space I know. So that's my niche. You know what I mean? I can come in and add value because uniquely I've got the the recruiting skill. I've got the process skill from in-house recruiting all the way to the technical skill set. So you can kind of blend all that with us. And really, kind of get down into the. I can work at the high level at the CEO conversation, but get down right on the ground the ground floor because I'm really getting my certification right now in dialogue flow. So I'm getting right in on the ground floor at that level. So you kind of can, you know, we can really help in these areas and really move you to the
0: future right right now. Randy Moore, the polymath. I love it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all right. No, no, not at all. You know, I know, I know how smart you are, and I'm, no, I'm you so keep saying that But it's, it's not true. Way. I just,
1: I do a lot of reading, and I, I wrap myself around a lot of smart people. I'm typically the, the least smart guy in a room, um, <laughs> but I'm luckily I've met and trained and been mentored by a lot of very smart people.
0: So that's that's, I guess, my luck. Look, for you, Randy. Mate, we've uh, we've already gone longer than most of our podcasts. Okay. 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 Sorry was, about that. That was an absolute breeze. No, 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 I'm not complaining at all. And uh, you made it very easy. I've really enjoyed it. So thanks as always for your time, mate. Much appreciated. Hey but it's always a pleasure. Uh, anytime you let me know, I appreciate it. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Head over to chattalent.com for more blogs, vlogs, webinars and other great content about HR talent and recruiting everything you could possibly need enjoy